Hey, everybody. Welcome to the We're Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I am privileged and honored to be the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here with my dear sister, as usual, Mary Guilfoyle. How are you doing, sis? I'm great, Father John. We have a full table today. We do. Studio. We have Moses in the table. Hey, what's Steve. going on? How are you doing, brother? Doing great. Thanks. Good to see you. It's good, it's good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, and we have a very special guest. Uh, we have U.S. Marine Corps Major Sharon Sisparo, who's been a uh, sister from afar for a little while, but uh, she's in the office with us today. We wanted to capitalize on this. How you doing, Sharon? Great, Father. Thanks. How are you? What a joy to have you here. How about a shout out to all your friends back in uh, in the D.C. area? Yeah, we have quite a few ballers for Christ, uh, some Marines that are just diehard Catholics, too, that just are, are totally on fire for God. So uh, oh, praise I'd God. Like to say hi to them. Before anything, we just want to, uh, we're going to pray here in a minute as Mary introduces our topic, but we just want to thank you uh, for your service, for all those in the military who uh, who are serving us right now, Steve, for your service uh, some years back now, just a few anyway, in the Air Force. That's, that's the name Moses. Moses. So, <laughs> he trips over just, his beard, for those of you who've never yeah. seen him. So uh, It is getting fuller and longer. Is, you know, my dad was such a, a great privilege. He was a World War II vet, and I'm always... Um, it's as a priest anyway. It's one of the most moving things at at the uh, at the funeral of the vet when the flag is folded and then handed back to the the widow or the widower. And I've always thought, gosh, that's way too late to be saying uh, on behalf of a grateful nation. Thank you. So to both of you and to all those uh, who are serving on behalf of a grateful nation, thank you. Yeah, it's a joy. Mary, what's our topic? Yeah, so our topic today is gearing up mentally, spiritually, and physically for battle. And we are in engaged. <laughs> so as as we do when we're engaged in any battle, we always lead with prayer. So could you open us up today, Father? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, we thank you for bringing uh, our sister to us today and for uh, the opportunity that we've had to visit and for this podcast here. Uh, we want to thank you in advance for all that we're going to talk about. Pray that it would be fruitful efficacious, encouraging, hopeful, uh, genuinely practically helpful for all of us, whether we're bishops, priests, uh, married, single, uh, whatever we may be in our state of life, that uh, you just help us to continue to understand where we are right now, who you are, how we can better respond to all that you're asking of us, uh, and be better equipped so as to accomplish the mission that you've created us to live at this time, namely to help you get your world back. So we just entrust this time to you right now. We ask your Holy Spirit to bless and anoint our conversation. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, you know, Sharon, we were we were talking with you earlier. She's been with us uh, just visiting all day. It's really been a gift. Thanks for, for coming and being with us. But um, we, we showed you a slide that we use uh, in our deck. So, you know, whether you know it or not, now you know it. Um, everywhere we go, we try to teach uh, others, bishops, priests, what you spent some time kind of reached out, called us to, to teach us, at least uh, quickly, about the importance of getting clarity on a mission. So we, we, you know, we, we preface it all the time, right, by saying it's a, it's a Marine's way of thinking, right? We're going we're gonna to do X in order to Y. So... Um, you know, like God became a man in order to do something. And we, we always try to help people understand, like, I don't think there's a lot of clarity, let alone alignment on that. Jesus sends us as disciples in order to do something. What is that? You know, a, a Catholic school exists in order to 
be something, to do something. There's very little clarity about that. But I know, I'm sure, at least I haven't uh, done justice to this whole idea. Can you just speak about like what that is, like clarity and alignment on a mission? Why is it so important? What happens if you don't have it? And, uh, and just maybe just help us go a little bit deeper with that. Sure, Father. Thanks. Um, so there's there's two parts. What we teach our Marines, um, especially our new officers, um, in it, and it's actually really early in their training, even before they're commissioned, what we teach them is the importance of a mission. Uh, and a mission statement has two parts. What is the thing that you must do? And then why is it that you must do it? And, it, and it's, it's kind of two parts, and it's separated by the phrase, in order to, which I think has really resonated with, with the team. And the in order to, what follows that is the most important part. And the reason it's the most important part is because in the event that a mission or, or a plan, the initial plan fails, mm. you still know what you need to accomplish. And so if you could think of a worst case catastrophic scenario where you know, say for example, it's one Marine left and it's like, what does that Marine still need to accomplish? He or she knows what they need to do because they got the mission that in order to, in order to get us here, in order to accomplish something. So that in order to gives them a purpose, it gives them an intent. Mm -hmm. It's the most important part of the mission statement. Mm -hmm. And what happens if you don't have clarity on that? Um, then you, then you wind up just following tasks and, and really kind of chasing down tasks, there's no, there's no purpose. There's no purpose. So it's like, well, why am I even doing this? You know, you start to lose interest from, from the Marines that you're leading. Um, and then also to, there's no vision for them. Right. Yeah. So I think of the most basic, like you're, you're providing them with, with the vision of what you think success should and look, it will look like. I'm curious, uh, Deacon Steve and Mary, you know, just even as you're talking, I'm thinking, so, you know, I'm thinking of a parish, Parish is a mission statement. It's usually just an absolute, yeah, yawn. Oh, a yawn. I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a total, it's just a, it's a, it's a waste of time. It's an exercise in futility. We just really put a bunch is. of words together. And, and I think so many people are, they operate as if, well, it's really not that important. You know, like you're talking about war, you know, we're preparing for, this is a Catholic church. It's really, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important. And of course, the reality is this is the most is important thing there is, yeah. right? That's and right. so, you know, like, just how, how how crucial it is for us in what we're doing in church life, right? Is we're right. trying to bring transformation, like the importance of having a mission, so that people have some clarity about what what are those things that God is calling us to do and to be right now in the work that we're doing. It unifies your your mind and your heart. It garners uh, a, a body of people around a common vision. And as I was listening to, to you define this, this principle, what it does um, in a parish setting, it rouses up, in your language, perhaps morale, mm -hmm. but for us, enthusiasm, passion, zeal, vigor, because we know what we're doing and why. Mm -hmm. And everybody's on board and they're eager to do that. Otherwise, there is a lack of interest and dis a lack of engagement mm -hmm. and nothing happens. It's not a fruitful effort. Yeah. 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 I, one of the, th the things I love about clarity is it, what it, it gives you permission to stop doing stuff. I mean, in the parish, yeah. it's, oh, like, right. it's like, we're doing... Great point. I've never been to a place where they're not doing tons and tons of stuff, lots of it good, right. but is it, how is it um, contributing to the mission? Exactly. Right? And then since we're doing so many things, we do them mediocre, mediocre mm -hmm. instead of doing the, the one or two things that are really going to advance the mission in an exceptional way. Yeah. Right. You're, and 
I'm sorry. No, you're ahead, spot Mary. on because uh, uh, Major Sesparo was telling us earlier when we were having this conversation, that key question, what do we divest of in order to invest in? Yeah, right. When she said that, I went, gosh, it's so what happens in ministry, right? right? They're all good things, but setting aside the good things for the great things, yeah. right? Yeah. I, sure. I, I think it's, it's probably worth saying right away, right? So here's the tragic reality in the church, if we're honest. Um, we often don't talk about being in a spiritual battle. Um, we want to. We, we we kind of put our heads in the sand. Uh, we pretend that um, there is no devil. Uh, there is no enemy. Um, life's kind of a stroll in the park. Which you're, you're entitled to believe that, but you know, but you can believe the world is flat too. Um, you'd just be wrong. I mean, Scripture is right. abundantly clear that we're born into a battle, right? right. And, and and so we want to be. We don't want to be terrified by that. We just want to be cognizant of the situation that we're in. God wants us to know that so that we can be prepared so that we can be on guard, right? And the enemy is the enemy. This is so important right now in all the conversations that are taking place culturally. The enemy is the enemy, which is to say it's the devil and his legion. And, and he's constantly trying to deceive us, members of our race. And at times we can be pawns and used by him. Mm -hmm. I can be, anybody yeah. can be, a, a governor can be, a, a general can be, a bishop could be, a father could be, a mother could be. Like the Lord wants, or the enemy wants to, to twist mm -hmm. our minds and our thinking so that we can be means by which he can do his work, right? Which is to bring division and destruction to the human race. But we're in a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. So you were talking earlier, um, Sharon, about just the importance of teaching people how to fight. I just love to hear, like, what would you want to share with us? Like, a, the, the beauty of the day has been just, like, talking military things and applying them almost immediately to the Christian life. So what, what would you share with us that could be just really accessible and helpful for us about the importance of teaching people how to fight? Yeah, so, Father, um, if, I, if it's okay, I'm going to take a step back and, and kind of give you a little bit of background um, So. I, I've been a Marine now for a little over 13 years. And, and I always wondered kind of why God called me to be a Marine. Like, why did he put this desire on my heart? And I come from a, a Marine Corps family. Um, so there was certainly an influence there, but, but, um, a couple years ago, uh, just our, our marriage went through a, a really tough storm. And, and just like, there's a lot of people that are listening right now who might be going through that storm right now. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's in their marriage or their family or, or in their church, um, I needed to really dig down and learn how to fight. And, and I thought, okay, well, there's a reason that God, I think now put this on my heart, you know, so he taught me how to fight because he trained me to be a Marine. And so what I started to do was, okay, I, I did, I, I sat down and I, I said, all right, what, do, what is my mission here? My mission is to pray for my husband to be the best wife I possibly can be, to love him, to forgive him, to do all those things in order to get him to heaven. That's mm. my mission. That's, mm. that's every spouse's mission in order to get your spouse to heaven. And so now what do I need to do? I need to see where the enemy is lurking, where the enemy is getting in. Mm. And, and I, and I really sat down with this mil with a military mind and said, okay, where, let me walk my perimeter here. Let me see what, um, where there are kind of holes in my defense. Where is the enemy able to get in and and speak lies into my life, to speak lies into my husband's life, to speak lies into my family's life, et cetera. And so how can I start to close those things off? And and so I have to tell you, I mean, it was a pretty intense uh, about year where I cut out, you know, really secular music, secular TV. I only 
I only fed myself with um, homilies. So I think I, I listened to every single homily father that you've ever um, you've ever recorded. That'll get you and in the purgatory. That's <laughs> but but also too, I mean, I, I started looking at the saints and what did they do and, and how did how did other people pray? How did other people mm. fight? Um, and so I just started applying those. And, I, you know, um, when I did that, God really worked because he's like, okay, like we're in this together and, and, and we did it together. Um, you, you shared with me just this beautiful story that you had, you had, um, talked to Mary about and Mary. It was actually your story. I think, you know, about your battle against cancer mm-hmm. and how you saw the storm and you saw the storm behind you and, and it was you and Jesus. And, and he said, we did this together and it was the same kind of thing. I mean, Jesus was literally my battle buddy during this entire time and he was carrying me through. So, um, when I, when I talked about, you know, just sealing up the defense, I needed to make sure that I was there to protect my family, my marriage against Mm. the enemy and and against anything else that was trying to get in because that would, that would take away what my mission was in order to get my husband to heaven. So one of the things that comes to mind, so a first step in teaching someone how to fight is to help them to recognize where they are. Right. So you call that what an estimate of the situation? Yeah, we talk, um, an estimate of the situation. And so what we do is we, we, okay, like, let's just sit down. Cause it's, it's really overwhelming when you're in a battle, um, mm. you know, and, and I, I speak right now like a spiritual battle, um, but it's really overwhelming when you're in any kind of situation. And mm. so what is it? All right. So, so we have this little acronym called MET-T. Um, and so in MET-T, you know, our first, the M stands for mission. Like what, what is that? Let's just get really crystal clear about what our mission is. Mm. Now the E in MET-T is enemy. And this is where, you know, what is preventing me from achieving my mission? And this could be a person, this could be a mindset, this could be the actual adversary himself, you know, Mm. like this could be, this could be people that are in your life. I mean, there's so many different things, but like list them all, see what they're doing. Um, There's some questions and things like that. You can ask yourself, like, what is the size of the enemy? What's their disposition uh, and strength? You know, what's their activity? And there's a whole, whole list of, of things here. Um, then your, is your terrain and your weather, um, is your, is your first T and most of the time people go, what about like weather? Okay. Like let's, let's really like, (laughs) this is really kind of crazy, but think about it. Every single person will, will battle a storm. Every Mm. single, you're in the storm right now. You just came out of one or you're about to go into one. So how do you prepare for that? And how do you operate in that? And it's important that we don't stick our heads in the sand, but rather we take a look at, okay, what, what should we be doing in order to prepare? Um, but also too, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, within, within, uh, every, everything in the military, we have an acronym just like in the Catholic church. Um, but you know, this, there's a, a couple things that we kind of look through and one is, you know, just what's our observation. What can we actually see right now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's like about six inches in front of us. So mm-hmm. what can I observe? Well, I can observe that like God's right here with me you know, Jesus is standing right next to me and that's it. You know, that might be all you can see and that's okay. Like that's, that's a pretty good start. So keep, keep going. And then what is my like key terrain? What is, what are the things that I actually have to kind of seize in order for this to be a success? So you go through kind of, um, you know, several questions there. Our next T is, and this is my favorite, is troops and fire support available. So who do I have to the left and to the right and and in front of me and behind me and, and how, how can I use them? How can I call on them? And and the reason that this is so important and is my favorite is because, wow, during my storm, I really got intimate with 
the sacraments. And I knew that the sacraments gave me strength. It was like, you know, Father, as you said, it's kind of like plugging into the electrical grid um, to give me power. Mm-hmm. And and that was it. So I was like, okay, what do I have available? I have, I have people to pray for me. I have priests to say mass for me. I have the sacraments to go to. I have the rosary, the greatest weapon, you know? I mean, so I, I started really um, just digging into what is available around me. And I used, and I used people. I used pray for me, pray for this. Here's a specific intention. Um, and then the, the next T is, the last T is time, space, and logistics. And and this is, I, I'm going to give a quick shout out to my friend Candace here because she's she really reminded me of, of one of the questions to really ask. So like your time, space, and logistics, you know, what is it that you're feeding yourself? And, mm. and that was a huge, huge, like, like, wow. That's yeah. What, what am I feeding myself? Am I feeding myself with a bunch of junk food essentially? And that, and that could be in the form of like songs and movies and TV and stuff and books. Um, but how do I change that so that I can properly fuel and properly, you know, give my, give myself the troop, you know, a proper loadout for this battle. Mm. Um, and so that's, I really sat down and, and I have to, I, Really, I had some amazing Marines that were are Catholic that surrounded me as you know the small fire team, and they were like, "Okay, when when you fall, we're going to pick up your, we're going to pick you up, and we're going to carry you." Mm. And it was awesome. And they just reminded me of of the things that um, God promised us, but also too, and how it applied in our in our military life. Um, and it made sense. It resonated. And I was like, okay, God, I think this is the reason you, you made me a Marine. So, mm. we, you know, we talk often uh, in our work about uh, just trying to, our third, what we call essential principle for transformation, we call God as the architect, you know, just try, trying to teach bishops and priests and lay leaders. But this is certainly applicable to, you know, moms, dads, husbands, wives, whatever, how to ask the Lord to show us what's going on. And uh, we, we call one way of praying what we call strategic prayer. And so the, the whole idea here is to try to teach whoever the person might be, whether it's a bishop or a priest or a mom, um, to pray with the mindset of a general. You know, And so you're, you're asking the Lord, here's the advantage in the spiritual battle, you're asking the Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see things I can't see on my own. Like give me radar you know, to see the enemy. Where is he moving? I mean, that's what comes immediately to mind as, as I'm hearing Sharon talk. I'm not sure what resonates with you and um, just how immediately applicable this is uh, for the, the the preparation that we're trying to do on every scale and trying to bring about transformation in the church. You, you know, um, that, that bleeds, I think, right into to another conversation we were having uh, earlier today, just kind of offline you spoke with us. Here's another acronym, huh? WGS, um, Weapons Gear Self. Um, once again, I just want to, can you speak to that? Like, what's that mean? And then how do we apply that to the Christian life? Yeah. So um, we were talking a little bit about what, you know, when you're kind of in these storms or, or you're just really overwhelmed, what are the first things that start to go? And, and oftentimes uh, it's your prayer life. You know, it's, it's, mm. the, it's that stuff that um, really will strengthen you. And so... I was reminded of, of, you know, it's drilled into our heads from the very beginning, weapons, gear, self. So as soon as you're coming out of the field or coming off of an exercise, you're so tired, you're hungry, you know, you just kind of want to take a shower and, and relax a little bit. But no, I mean, the focus, the priority of, of effort is your weapon first. So take care of the thing that needs to, that will get you, um, or will protect your life. And then your next part is your gear, making sure your gear's already ready to go in case you have to go next. And then finally it's yourself. Um, so that's, that's, 
it's kind of like your own personal, uh, you know, feeding yourself, mm. like taking a shower, getting into some clean clothes and things. Um, because if you put that out of order, if your weapon's not ready to go, you're not ready for the battle. And it's not just your life, it's the lives that you're entrusted with. Um, and if your gear's not ready, you might not survive that next step. And mm -hmm. so um, it's important to, to have those kind of priorities so that you take care of those things that will sustain you. And um, you know, for everyone, that should be the prayer, prayer life first. Yeah, how often do we hear priests say, uh, they just readily acknowledge, right? Like my prayer life's just almost non-existent. And it's not, it, it's non-existent because as you said, life can get so busy, right? You're exhausted. It's the easiest thing that goes and, and, um, and that's, that can't be right. Because, right? because then you really are unprotected. Yeah, I'm totally right? exposed right to the enemy. Exactly. And it's not just, you know, to be clear, it, it what I think, you know, marriage, family, the typical person in the pews, like yeah. how good are we really doing with like the primary weapon in right. this spiritual battle, which is maintaining that every single day we have direct communication with the Lord. You know, we're staying plugged into him. We're listening to him. We're asking him to show us where's the enemy trying to, you know, where's he prowling around in my own life or in my, you know, my marriage and my family, my kids' lives. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the movie that had the, um, the war room in it? Maybe that was even the name of the movie. I don't remember, but uh, was that the name of the movie? Mm -hmm. I, I never saw it, but I, I heard the image of it. And I just thought, man, every family should have a war room. You know, like a couple should be going into the war room and to pray on behalf of themselves and pray on behalf Your of their children. kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like the, the other, we're, nobody would go into a battle the way we are in the church. No, yeah. no. Nobody exactly. would. And, and one of the things that uh, really caught caught my ear when you were talking about weapons, gear, self, and the order, and, and the, the importance of its, of that order and its priority. One of the things you said was because you won't be prepared and other people are depending on you yeah. to be prepared. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I think sometimes that is, that escapes us. It's like the responsibility in, in the military, you know, you know, during Vietnam, it was, and this is, this tells me, this tells you how old I am, but, there, you know, there was no support for that war. But people were there for their for their comrades, mm -hmm. for their buddies, right. right? I'm here for you. It's not, I don't, you know, I'm not here for Johnson. I'm not here for Nixon. I'm here, I'm here for you. I'm in this foxhole with you, for you, and I need to be prepared. And we, you know, it's the spiritual battle is not just about us. That's right. It's not just my right. life. It's not, you know, uh, my kids, my grandkids are depending on me to take care of my weapon yep. first yeah. and my gear. And, and, when we get exhausted, and we all do. I mean, yeah, ministry absolutely. is... It, Life's exhausting. Life is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the temptation is to take care of, take care of myself. Yeah. And, it, and we, you know, and it, there's a time and a place, but you gotta, you gotta keep the priority, keep the order. Yeah, because it's usually a, like a comfort-based decision. Like Correct. I want to, right? So you want to avoid kind of the comfort-based decisions right. at first because um, comfort won't get you... <laughs> Comfort's not going to get you into the battle, right? Like, right. so you need to make sure that you are ready to go, and then and then the comfort decision can come a little bit later. You can get your rest. Once you, you take care of business, mm -hmm. yeah. Take care, take care of the first yeah. order of business. Reminds me of a conversation with a friend of mine who uh, he's got uh, a bunch of teenage daughters, and he he sat down with them not too long ago, and he says, "You know, I just want to. You see, Dad get up early, don't you?" And they said, "Yeah." He says, "I want to tell you why." You know, he just started to tell them, like, "I get up at you know five in the morning because um, I need to pray." 
you know, he's got a really successful job. He's a, he's a tremendous guy, but he's like, I, I want you to know this. This is what I'm doing. I'm not reading the paper and I'm not watching ESPN. I'm getting up because I need for myself and for your mom and for you, I need to be sharp. You know, like he's cleaning his weapons right away, right? Like yep. I am plugging into the Lord. I'm trying to listen to him. What are you asking of me today? You know, where's the enemy prowling my life? What are, you, what, are you, what are you calling upon me to do for the family, for one of the kids, for all the kids, whatever it might be? And it was just a simple way for him to teach his daughters. Like, hey, this is an important part of life. This isn't just something that's commendable for me. Like right. I'm sharing this with you because you need to do it too. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual fortification. I, I I think sometimes about that that morning prayer as as a well, and you're asking the Lord to fill up this well. And throughout 24 hours or as long as you're awake, you're going back to that well and you're drinking from that well on behalf of your husband, your children, your teammates in mission, uh, your colleagues. Um, um, your soldiers, you're constantly going back to that well, and if that well's not filled up in the morning, I have nothing to draw from that's right. for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's right. One, so, of the, one of our values, and as we're talking about this, one of our values here at X29 is, is to always be ready for mission. Yes. Yeah. Right? So there are times that is, that is the thing that motivates me to do morning prayer, mm-hmm. honestly, because sometimes it's like, oh, man kidding i made a promise that's right to be ready for mission with you guys and that's part of it right um and if his daughters ever got up at five in the morning they would know what he was doing yeah but but they don't yeah they don't they're going to bed usually about that time i think (laughs) he's kind of crawling into the house i'm going to tell you what i'm doing so that that maybe here's the last question maybe i'd just love to have you talk about this again you were sharing with us this whole imagery of would you call it walking the barracks? Walking the barracks. Yeah. I so I just this. thought this is so helpful. I mean, there's so many immediate applications to this. So I just love you to talk about like, so what's that mean? And then just tell us a little bit like, how do you think we can apply that? Either a bishop could apply that or a pastor could apply that or certainly a mom. And like, how do a mom and a dad apply, quote unquote, walking the barracks? I love this image. Yeah. So um, a couple years ago, I had the, the distinct honor of being a company commander and, and um, I, a company can really vary in size, but I had about 400 Marines, which is just is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, more, a lot more than, than some other company commanders. But um, one of the ways that you can learn what's the pulse of your, your unit is to really, is to walk the barracks because the barracks is where your youngest Marines are living. And these are all the unmarried Marines. Um, they're usually about, you know, sergeant and below. Um, and you get a pulse for what's really going on. How is this Marine living? Are they struggling with anything? Are they eating properly? Are they taking care of themselves? I mean, you really do, because you're, you're going into their rooms. You're going into their home um, mm. to see how they're living, making sure that it's not, um, you know, it's in a proper state of of care. Um, but also too, that there's, there's nothing else going on because usually these are pretty good triggers. And so if it, you know, a new commander comes to a unit, one of the first things that they do is usually walk the barracks because they want to see how their Marines are living and, and what is it that they can do. It's a fresh set of eyes. Um, but it's a really scary thing too, because, and, and I, and I resisted it for a little bit because I was nervous. I mean, I was nervous to see what I would see because I can't unsee it. Mm. But what we did, what what I did when I did that was I got a chance to talk to the Marines one-on-one, like, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on down at your shop. And and they 
at first didn't talk to me, but then I started to see what the needs were. And those were needs that might be seem monumental to them, but I could handle those with a signature. I mean, I, I could, I could make their life a little bit easier. Um, and, and help them accomplish their mission a little faster just because I knew about it. Mm. But it took the time to go and, and, and actually talk to them one-on-one -on -one and look them in the eyes. And, and these are, these are kids from all over the country. So they're, they're dealing with so many other issues. I mean, not only the things that are going on in society, but, you know, being homesick maybe, or, or not ever having a home, um, maybe issues with boyfriends or girlfriends or, or, you know, so they're struggling with all these other things. And then you, and you add this kind of military life, which is not always easy uh, on top of it. But by, when you walk the barracks, you get a good glimpse of, of what that what your unit is doing and mm. how and how well your leaders, so your subordinate leaders are really taking care of those Marines. So that gave me a good idea of, okay, is this, is this squad, I'm, you know, platoon commander or, um, or platoon sergeant or anybody like that. Like, are they doing, are they doing the job that they should be doing? And that helped me hold those leaders accountable and make sure that they had the right focus and attention. So, um, I, I would love to see part of our discussion was, you know, do, do our, do our bishops walk the barracks? Mm, I don't know. Don't like, do they go and walk their parishes and not like, Hey, by the way, I'm coming tomorrow so that all the pomp and circumstances is, is taken care of. But, but rather like, I'm just going to show up. I happen to be in, in this parish's AO, you know, area of operations. And I'm just going to pop in and see what life is like on a Tuesday. Mm. Tuesday might really be terrible. And this priest might really be struggling of, you know, Bishop, like I could really use some help here and like, you know, marriage support, marriage enrichment, because mm -hmm. that's what's taking up most of my time. And that bishop knowing, knowing all of his units could go, well, wait a minute, this parish over here is doing a bang up job at, at marriage enrichment. I'm going to link you up with them. We can start something here and we can strengthen it. So the power is one, you, you see your Marines and you see your, your troops that you're responsible for. But the other one is you build this trust and you strengthen those relationships and it only makes everything else better. I mean, there's mm -hmm. only goodness that mm -hmm. comes from it. I, I, I don't know, but you, Mary and Steve, I mean, I, I think of that. I'm, if I was a pastor again right now, I was listening to this. I'd be like, man, I'm gonna go out, walk the barracks tonight. You know, just walk the neighborhood and sit down, pop into some homes. Like, Hey, how you doing? You know, like what's going on? And, uh, so I can think of immediate applications in, in priesthood. Um, I'm sure you guys can too for marriage and family, you know, popping into the kids' rooms or whatever the case might be, dropping a call, um, just reaching out in some way. But how crucial this is, right, for us just to know how we really are doing right. as opposed to presupposing. Or not wanting to see. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, can't, I can't unsee it. Yeah, that, was, yeah. I, that's, that makes so. Because you have so to much, act. That's you have right. to act. That makes so much sense. Um, or even if you can't, sometimes they're they're dealing with things that you can't fix. I can't fix it. Um, but you listen to me, and you cared enough to come by, mm -hmm. and give a rat's behind yeah. that I'm struggling with something. I, I had a fight with my girlfriend, and my my commander knows about it. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, and spiritually speaking, I can't fix it, but because I have different kinds of weapons, I can go pray about it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can right. bring this to the Lord when yep. I go into the war room on behalf of right. whoever it might be that I'm going into the war room with when I'm, you know, staying in communication with the Lord. Right. Yeah. Says I can love you. I can pray with you. I can walk with you. And yeah. now I now know I, I you, you, you nailed it, Steve. Just you coming says you care. Right. That's huge. 
And there is a gap, I think, between what a bishop carries and what a priest carries. And we're so busy. I'm sure they're so busy carrying their loads. Um, uh, it's so easy to get isolated in our own responsibilities. Uh, but to go to those those men, those, those, those spiritual sons, um, that, that would bear, like you said, can only bear great fruit. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to let the Holy Spirit just let that... Uh simmer in people's minds, you know, as, uh, as they kind of contemplate that area. For me, that's like the money expression of, uh, just the time with you right now is walking the barracks and Lord, Lord, what yeah. barracks do I need to walk tonight or today or then the week ahead? Who do I need right. to visit? Uh, give me eyes to see all that you want me to see, ears to hear all that you want me to hear. And then if there's something that I can do to act on it, help me to act on it. If nothing else, help me to just be there, be present to accompany, as you said, Mary, um, and then to bring everything to you, Lord, in prayer. So, uh, so much. We could go on and on. We're going to have to have you back. This is uh, this is so uh, delightful. We're really honored for uh, your presence with us uh, today and today on podcast. So thanks for your time. Thanks again for your service. Let's pray for uh, for Sharon, for all those who are serving in the military right now, uh, especially for our, our brothers and sisters who are deployed overseas. Um, we are really abundantly grateful to all of you. In the meantime... Never be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.